Hey, Matt, let's tell our six listeners, or are we up to seven now? I'm not sure, about our new recording buddy, Riverside FM, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Yep, Riverside FM lets you record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a 1,000 miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. And it's as easy to use as that meeting app everyone usually uses for recording, but has much higher quality audio and video. And they have a mobile app, so guests can connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for the final girl of recording platforms for podcasts, webinars, and other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. That's S-H-I-P-I-T to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. The podcast you are about to listen to is an account of the movies which befell a group of horror fans. In particular, Tara Garwood and her intrepid friend, Matt Lolich. Had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected although they would have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as we are to see in those movies. For them, an idyllic summer movie became a nightmare, and they loved it. The movies that they watched were to lead to the creation of one of the most terrifying podcasts in the annals of American history. The Scary Movie Project. Hey, peeps, this is the Scary Movie Project, the podcast where we talk about scary movies and invite you to come play with us and our spoilery spoilers. I'm Tara. Hello, I am Matt. And uh, today we discuss a masterpiece of modern horror. In the 1980, uh, I think it was released just weeks before I was born, um, wonderful film, The Shining. Um, so, and we're doing a little different today. We're, ha we're having a little extra uh, oomph on it today, I guess, uh, if you will. Yes, well, I am somewhere exciting, but not as exciting as you. So <laughs> let me go first so that you don't make mine sound like crappy. Okay, that's so, fine. For those who can see us on video, who are on watching on YouTube, I am in my new little teensy tiny baby studio, my little sound booth. Um, that is two by two and a half feet. I am sweltering in here for you guys. Yes. Very excited to be back for our our first episode after our summer break. And uh, Matt has made it even more special by being somewhere really cool too. Tell us where you are, yes. Matt. So I am at Mount Hood in Oregon. I am at the Timberline Lodge. And if anyone wants doesn't know, the exteriors of the of the Overlook Hotel, which you see in The Shining, that is where I am. That is where they shot that. So I am at the Timberline Lodge on Mount Hood, Oregon, um, dealing with spotty uh, Wi-Fi, which will be fine. But we're going to have a great episode today because I, we're going to talk to The Shining from the Overlook Hotel. So I give air quotes in case you can't see me. So this is yes, exciting. I'm so jealous that you're there right now. 
Matt gets to go to all the cool weather's, places. Weather is very nice. It's like in the 70s. It's going to be nice and cool tonight. Maybe I'll go climb the mountain later. It's only 11,000 feet. I'm sure I can do that in like half an hour and be back. Right? Oh, yeah. it'll be like a snap. You'll be done so That's fast. In fact, yeah. you should have done it before recording. Maybe I did. Maybe no, you did, did and not. we would never know definitely because no. totally wouldn't wear you out at all. So no, this movie, we have wanted to do this movie anyways, like from the start of this of podcast, but it was also requested by listener Janet L. So thank you, Janet, Ooh. for requesting and for yes. being a listener. So that did not work so well. <laughs> Matt, do you want to tell everybody what's going on? Why you are suddenly somewhere different than you were just a few seconds ago all, for those who can see it? All I can tell you is the spirits that still live at the Overlook weren't too keen on having me there. They gave me the boot. So You were not always the caretaker. You have not always been there. You, sir, have always been the caretaker. No, I definitely <laughs> but was But you not. have not. <laughs> but, but I will say that I have returned, and um, I would highly recommend um, if you are in Oregon, especially if you are in Portland, go stay at Timberline Lodge. It's about an hour and a half from Portland. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, the exteriors of the film were done there. It was great. I spent the night. And um, you got pictures, right? I have so some we photos. can put some pictures up yes. on the website. You will see photos. Good food, great place to stay. Um, it's at 6,000 feet elevation. So FYI, if you have an issue with high altitude, be aware of that. But um, really an awesome place to stay. But That's yeah, so crazy high. The, the ghost gave me the boop, so now I'm back here. But you know what? I'm here. Let's talk about the movie, right? Let's do it. Let's jump right in. So... We open on the camera flying over a river and then a car driving down a windy road. A VW bug, by the way. Going to the Sun Road in Glacier National Park. Yes, the going to the Sun Road is what it's called, right? That's what it's called, the going yeah. to the Sun Road, so, that's right. They're going down this winding road, they're in the mountains, there's this ominous music, and the credits are like this bright blue, which I had completely forgotten. They're so like, it, it's just so Stanley Cooper. I don't care about credits, I don't give a crap, just yeah. put them in there somewhere, just put them Screw there. the credits, right. they're just, they're happening, right. like whatever. <laughs> I don't care. What, what color will show up against all this? Bright blue, well, sure, fine, whatever. Do you remember at the beginning of um, Clockwork Orange, it's that bright like it burns your retinas red that just says a clockwork orange. Like, I don't mm -hmm, think he mm -hmm. cares about that stuff. Yeah. No. Right. He's much more about the movie, yeah. I guess, than the right. credits. Sure. So then we see the Overlook Hotel, which is the hotel you were at. The Timberline Played Lodge. by the hotel you were Pl at. The played Timberline by the Lodge. Timberline Lodge in Mount Hood, Oregon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then we see, uh, we get a slate, black screen, white text, the interview. Yes. Jack Torrance interviews with Mr. Ullman. Stuart Ullman. And meanwhile, at home in their apartment, Wendy Torrance, his wife, played by Shelley Duvall. Uh, right. Jack Torrance is played by Jack Nicholson. That's right. Wendy, played by Shelley Duvall. She talks to their son, Danny, um, played by, now, Danny Lloyd, played by Danny a young Lloyd. boy named yep. Danny Lloyd. I love this um, movie because it has two people who play characters and they're actually named by the. They're their, actually their, the yeah, name of those the. Those are yeah. their names. And so she's talking to their son, Danny, about going to the hotel. And Danny has this imaginary friend, and she tells him they're going to have a real good time. And Danny's imaginary friend, by the way. Go. <laughs> so, yeah, he has this he, – he talks with his finger, and he has this, like, different voice than Danny. And apparently this idea came from Danny Lloyd, the actor, in his audition. And what is the, and what, what is the voice? And it's a lot of why is, he got cast. What is the voice's name? Who is the person? 
Tony. Tony, that's right. Tony, His what name does is he Tony? Yeah, what does he say to the woman? Tony's the little boy that lives inside my don't mouth. Go. Yeah. yeah, Tony's the little boy that lives inside my mouth. <laughs> I don't want to go. Why not? I just don't. <laughs> Why can't we see him in there? Because he goes and hides in my stomach. Because <laughs> he goes and hides in my stomach. That's right. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, so we find out that Jack used to be a school teacher, but he's now a writer. He's in, trying to be a writer. Uh, Vermont, right? Uh, yes. And the and the hotel is closed October through May. The road doesn't get cleared during that time, so too much snow. You know, they're like, "You're gonna be unlike just the, you." Unlike the Timberline, which is always open for fantastic skiing. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. there you go. The, the road does get cleared right. in the Timberline. Yeah, there it does. <laughs> we're gonna we're sound like a commercial. We should get them to pay us for doing right. a commercial yeah, exactly. for them. Um, so you know, Almond says, "Well, physically, it's not a very demanding job. The only thing that can get try a bit trying up here is the tremendous sense of isolation." Mm-hmm. And Jack says, well, I'm looking for that to work on my new writing project. And right. and then Ullman tells him about, you know, he's got to tell him about this tragedy in the winter of 1970 when this guy, Charles Grady, was That's the right. caretaker. And he suffered a complete mental breakdown, killed his whole family Ran with an axe. Ran muck, he says. Ran amuck. <laughs> and um, so he killed his wife and his two daughters with, with an, an axe. axe and then shot himself. And then stacked them neatly in one of the wings of the hotel, he says. Yes. And and Ullman, yeah, and stacked them neatly. And Ullman just wants Jack to know because some people can be put off by the idea. That's right. And Jack says, oh, my wife will be fascinated because she loves ghost stories and horror movies. Right. Which right. we know, if you love ghost stories and horror movies, we're always like, oh, I want to go stay there. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. So, um, meanwhile, back home, Danny talks to his imaginary friend Tony in the bathroom. Tony, by the way, apparently in the books, is Danny's middle name is Anthony, and that's what he goes by as an adult. And so it's- I... So it's him as an adult talking to himself? So I definitely want... There's a couple of things. I was going to mention <clears throat> um, my story of the first time I saw this movie. We can do that later. Oh, right. But I want to talk about reference to the book and to the movie because there's, you know, there's, all, there's a big story with that whole... All right, so thing. we can talk about that later too, yeah. yeah. Um, so Danny's talking to his imaginary friend Tony in the bathroom and he asks Tony why he doesn't want to go to the hotel. And we see this shot of, like, blood spraying out of the walls in an elevator lobby and these twin girls standing there. And although we call them the twins, Ullman actually mentions in his story that they were 8 and 10 years old. That's right. So technically they're not twins, but they definitely look like it, like, when you see them. And I... Um, they were I at, dressed up as them for Halloween with one of my best friends the, one year. So one of my my sister, one of her friends, and her friend did that as well. They were at a monster. Um, oh, Louise and Lois Burns are their names. They were at Monster Mania once. Okay. And they signed my shining poster. <gasps> They're in like their sixties now, nice. maybe even seventies at this point. But yeah, they and it it cost me a, a small fortune to have them sign that thing. Oh my but, god, that is so cool. Yeah, it's hanging up in my house. It's one of the coolest things I own. It's awesome. That's so freaking cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so then a doctor comes and she's checking Danny out in his room because he passed out in the bathroom. Right. And he tells the doctor about Tony. And this is when we have the whole like, he's the little boy in my mouth mm-hmm. and who lives in my mouth and right. he goes to the stomach. That's when we have that whole thing. And he tells the doctor about I keep putting my finger up when I start talking about Tony, like just without know, even right? thinking about it. He tells the doctor about Tony. Right. <laughs> and she it. asks if Tony ever tells him to do things. And he oh, says, I, I don't want to talk about Tony anymore. I don't, I don't want to talk about Tony anymore. That's right. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Tony anymore. And so Wendy and the doctor step out of the room. And the doctor just, she assures Wendy that nothing's physically wrong with him. And she asks if Tony's first appearance coincided with their arrival in Boulder. 
because they just moved there three months ago. Right. So they're in Boulder, Colorado. I think the hotel is in Vermont. Uh, or is it in Colorado, too? No. No, it's all there. It's, it's all in, the same. It's in yeah, Ver- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in Colorado, too? Yes. They moved okay. from Vermont, and they're out west now. That's right. Moved from Vermont to Colorado. Okay. That's right. So, um... They don't really mention town so much. They're living in Boulder, yeah. in Boulder now, which is where Colorado University is. Um, but as, as far as referencing where the hotel is, there's no, like, uh, ad- I mean, that never really Yeah, there's no out. specific, really. No, no. So, um, she asked if it started when they arrived in Boulder, and she says, no, it started when he was in nursery school, um... And he he didn't like nursery school at first, and he got his shoulder dislocated purely by accident. And, of course, yeah, that's right. And she explains that Jack had been drinking, and he'd come home late and grab Danny's arm to pull him away from some messy papers that he had, like, strewn everywhere. Mm-hmm. And after that, Jack stopped drinking, and he hasn't had any alcohol in five months. Yep. No, no, and then, was it months or is it years? I thought it was five months. Well, difference from the but book. But maybe not. Okay, that's fine. He's 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 well, sober. If he he's was sober. in nursery school, no, that wouldn't work. Then he's yeah. I, I I I can't remember. The bottom line is he's sober at this point. Right? Yeah, the bottom line is he hasn't drank for a while. Um, watch the movie if you haven't. If you haven't watched the movie, well, there's something for God's wrong. sake, watch the movie. For God's people. sakes, yeah, something wrong with you. <laughs> watch this movie. It is brilliant. Yeah, it's Even good. for people who don't like horror movies, it's a brilliant and movie. That's one of the things that I'll talk about later too. Yes. So next we, we get a slate for closing day. That's right. um, and this is the camera flies over the mountains and them driving to the overlook. And in the car, Wendy asks um, if it was around here that the Donner Party got snowbound. And yeah. Jack says, no, nah, I think it was farther west. Um, for those who don't know, the Donner Party is a party, I think it was in the late 1800s? Uh, Mid-1800s, I believe. Yeah, it was, it was somewhere in the 1800s. And they... Got got snowbound, as as Wendy says, and um, they ended up having to eat each other to stay alive. So I think as someone would die, they would eat the dead person. Like mm-hmm. I don't think they were killing each other. I think they were eating whoever died. To yeah, stay they were alive. they were they were getting across, and they got stuck in the Sierra Nevadas because they took a shortcut that someone yep. told them about that wasn't true. And yep. they yeah, that was an unfortunate. But yeah, I love what Danny and he tells them about. You mean they ate each other up? <laughs> you mean they ate each other up? Yeah, that's so. So then they arrive at the Overlook, and Ullman takes Jack and Wendy to see their quarters and look around. And it's really cool. All the windows have these beautiful Native American designs in stained glass. Which is one um, element, yeah, to this movie as well. Yeah, which he, I think, I can't remember exactly when it is, but he talks about the the um, hotel maybe have been. Being well, built great, on right. a Native walk- American when they're walking um, outside burial go, grounds or something. Yeah, when they're walking outside to go see the snowcat. He tells them um, they actually, yeah, they, it's built on an Indian burial ground, which is such a you know. If you want more on that, I, I have a I did a podcast episode on that. That's for later. But yeah. yeah, they talk about that, and he says he had to repel a few Indian attacks while they were building the. the that's the right. Place. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. basically, he shows them all over the place. Meanwhile, Danny is playing darts in the games room, and the twin girls appear standing in the doorway. And Danny just stares at them, and they just turn around and walk away. Yep. So, um, and that's the great that zoom shot from the late seventies, early eighties of just zooming in on them, which I loved. Yes, and and shot. we see, so we see all these things, all these places that are going to have 
meaning later in the movie, right? Yes. We see the hedge maze. We see mm-hmm. the snow plow, the snow cat, snow cat, they call it, that they yep. can pretty much drive like a car. They yep. see this gorgeous ballroom, mm-hmm. the, gold, um, the, gold the big ballroom. walk-in freezer with all the meat in it, all the pantry, all these different things. <laughs> so what am I And favorite? they meet, oh, go ahead. One of, my, one of my favorite lines is when um, Dick Halloran, the, the... Well, that's what I was just going to say. They meet Dick Halloran, who's the head chef. Yep. The head chef, I can't talk. Scatman Crothers plays Scatman him. Scatman Crothers, that's right. He's fantastic. Oh, he's great. And um, One of my favorite and, is, is when he's in there showing Wendy everything in the, in, in the walk-in. Mm-hmm. Two, you know, five turkeys, six legs of lamb. At the end, yeah, he, he just, just goes... Yeah, he just lists them all off. And then he, and then he, then he just goes... And, like, three kinds of what have you. <laughs> what does that three, mean? <laughs> three kinds of what have you. Um, so, yeah, okay. he shows them the pantry. I love that. After all that, um, Danny hears Halloran asking him if he'd like some ice cream in his head. Would you like some ice cream, Doc? And yeah. Ullman takes Jack and Wendy to go see more of the hotel, and Halloran that. gives Danny some ice cream. And he talks to Danny and asks him if he knows, because um, a, a little bit earlier, Dick Halloran calls him Doc, which is what Danny's parents and, and call him. And they ask him, how did you know we call him Doc? Right. Right. And he's like, oh, I must have heard you, must say, have heard you it. say it. Oh, I think so, but I don't remember calling him but that. But so right. he tells Danny now that the way he knew it was that he and his grandmother could like hold, tells him that he and his grandmother could hold, hold conversations, conversations in their head when he was young. opening our mouths. We used to call it shining. Yeah, right. he calls it the shining right. or in the, or in the, uh, the Simpsons, Oh, Treehouse of Horror. I'm the shinning. There. I'm the getting shinning to that boy. episode. <laughs> Sh- you want to get sued? <laughs> you want to get sued? The shinning. I will get so to he- that later. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. So he calls it The Shining. And um, Danny tells him that Tony, the little boy in his mouth, Tony, says he's not supposed to talk about it. And I'm Tony tells him things. He says, it's like I go to sleep and he shows me things. But when I wake up, I can't remember anything. Right. Is it, so Halloran asks him, does he, ever, "Does he ever tell you places about tell you things about this place?" Right. Right, and he says, "I don't know." Um, and Halloran then tells Danny that people and some places too shine. So it's mm-hmm. not only people. He says some places right. shine too, and, and sometimes starts, things that happen they leave traces behind, like and burnt, only people who shine can see them. Like burnt toast, he says, right? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and Danny asks him. What about room 237? There ain't nothing in room 237. <laughs> exactly. He tells him, you stay out of there. Yeah. Um, so this scene, by the way, when Halloran and Danny are talking, took, for the shot of them both together, took about 88 takes. Well, that's Stanley Kubrick. Everything takes him 88 takes. But but this, well, this apparently was maybe possibly the most ever. In, in Scatman Crothers, his close-up oh, took 148 yeah. takes, yeah. guys. I, 148 times he had to do that's, it. That's, On top of the times he did it in the two-shot and did it for Danny's close-up. That's, that's the thing about Kubrick. I mean, he was amazing, but sometimes working with him was like, People would have, like, breakdowns. It was exhausting working with him yeah. because he was just impossible sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's he crazy. Was, he was apparently very difficult to work yes. with. Yes. Yes. So now it's a month later. Um, and Wendy walks through the hotel to their quarters, the meal on the cart, and Danny rides his tricycle through the halls. So that thing about, you know, listening to the bike on the carpet, then the wood, mm-hmm. then the carpet, then the wood mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. so, like— Oh, my God. It's so cool to listen so, to that. I love so that. So I have trivia about that. Okay. Okay. So these shots of Danny on his trike 
um, they were shot with a Steadicam operator. That's now, right. the Steadicam was new at this time. That's right. That's right. Um, it had only We've been talked out about for it before. a few years. Yeah, we talked about it before in Halloween. They used it in Halloween early, I remember. Yeah, it had only been out for a few years. That's right. And they actually had one of the two creators of it Garrett, running the Steadicam. Garrett Brown. Garrett Brown, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And um, that is correct, young man. That is correct. I just sounded like such a teacher. <laughs> that um, is correct. So the Steadicam operator would ride around in this rigged wheelchair yes. with the Steadicam flipped upside down. Yeah, and, it was low, um, right. It was on the ground. Yeah, and so they didn't know that they were going to catch the audio of the trike on the hardwood floor oh, the was carpets a, that until was they saw accident. the dailies. Okay, that's, that's It like was a, a beautiful accident. Because that sound is so cool. Because the because the camera because it was upside down the camera was so close to the floor that it caught all mm, that audio. Yeah, you're right. Good. That's without good, them even realizing it, isn't that cool? That is very so. To that point, also um, watch just go YouTube, Google, you know, the making of The Shining, and you'll see all those carts that they used to be able to shoot that stuff. And now I don't think no, I'm thinking something else. So Kubrick's daughter Vivian, she did a couple behind the scenes. She did one on Apocalypse. No, not Apocalypse. Am I thinking of something else? Maybe I am. Vivian Kubrick did like a making of of this. Okay. And I think that's available on the special edition. You can watch it, but it's, yeah, they have lots of cool stuff like that, like how they did all these shots. It's yeah, cool. there's some, there's an interview, I think, with the cinematographer, too, that you can mm-hmm. find on YouTube. Yeah. But anyways, um, Wendy carries the breakfast into the bedroom. It's about 1130, and um, Jack's going to go do some writing. And she says, when we first came up here, I thought it was a little scary. And he tells her, I fell in love with it right away. When I came up for my interview, it was as though I'd been here before. I mean, we all have deja vu, but this is weird. He gets all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Jack, then, then we see Jack out. He's in the, like, big um, great room, basically, yeah. Yeah. throwing a ball against the wall, not not typing at all, <laughs> not sound, writing. That sound is awesome, too, just that sound of that tennis ball just bouncing back and forth and back. Like the yeah, sound, I like think I read somewhere that that was just... his idea, that basically the script ah. just said he was there not writing, and it was his idea to be throwing the ball around. Well, think about capturing sound like that in a big, empty space and listening to how a tennis ball, and that, that would sound so interesting because of the space and the mm-hmm. sound. So that were it was really cool. I like I, I like that. Yeah. So okay. So while he's in there, Wendy and Danny go for a walk in the hedge maze, and this is where we get one of the most amazing, amazing, amazing shots, um, where Jack is looking down on a model of the hedge yes. maze inside, <laughs> and. We see Wendy and Danny in the very center of the hedge mage, mm-hmm. and we slowly sort of zoom in on them. I read so, something about how they did this, and it was a long. I, don't I was going to ask you if you knew. So, okay, so Kubrick. I don't remember how they um, did. This was. This was one of the. Only there were only two special effects in the whole movie. I'll tell you about the other one at the end because I don't know exactly where it happens, but I'll tell you about the other one at the end. But this one, um, basically, they took. Um, they built a version of just the center of the hedge mage, hedge maze. <laughs> one, of, one of those. One Can't of those talk words. today. One of those words. The hedge mage. Oh, the, I will. The, I will magic you. The ah! hedge mage. I'm a hedge mage. Okay, they. T- <laughs> they made just the center of the hedge maze, okay. and they put it next to this really tall apartment building, oh. and they shot down on the two of them. Okay from the top of the apartment building so that they were very far away. 
and then they they um composited that onto mm, okay. the model. Okay. So that's how they did that. That's cool. Um, also, also, I will tell you, Kubrick thought the hedge mage was too simple and easy to solve. So the crew challenged him to solve it one Saturday morning on set, and he had to give up. So I believe that. So if you really want to have fun with the shiny, you got to go stay at the Stanley Hotel, which is mm-hmm. in Colorado, Estes Park. That's where Stephen King actually stayed and got the idea to write the book. Then they say it's actually haunted. I think they actually have a hedge maze there, uh, which is pretty awesome. Oh, nice. Um, now, here's the thing about that scene. What's the funny line that um, Wendy says to Danny about what, uh, what what the loser has to do for the hedge maze? It's, oh, I forget. It's so lame. Loser has to keep America clean, she says. Oh, jeez. <laughs> she's such a dork. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's she's just such a dweeb. I yeah. love her. But that would that that is um, cool how they did that. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. So so now we get the the um. We get the slate that it's Tuesday. So now we're going into days of the week. Yes. um, From like, you know, interview opening day a month later to Tuesday. Yes. So Wendy makes food in the kitchen and she's watching the news and they're talking about the snowstorm coming in. Danny's riding his trike through the halls again and he passes room 237 and he stares at it. Yeah. He gets off his trike and he tries the door, but it's locked and he sees a flash of the twins in his head. And just, he's, he's gone. Out. He's gone. Um, so Jack now is typing very intently in the great room. And Wendy comes in and he pulls out his current page and turns it face down. Which you wouldn't notice, but when you've seen it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Right. Why'd he turn it face down? I know right. why. Because right. he doesn't want her to see what he's writing, which right. we'll find out later. Um, Jack is being really grouchy and he tells her that whenever she comes in, she's distracting. And he says that this, this iconic line, whenever I'm in here and you hear me typing or whether you don't hear me typing or what the fuck you hear me doing when I'm in here, that means I am working and that means don't come in. Yep. I love that. I'm glad you, I'm glad you remember that because I was going to do it for you. Um, and then of course she says, she apologizes and then he says, why don't you start by getting the F out of here? <laughs> oh, yeah, I see. I forgot that part. Why don't you start by getting the F out of here? Yep. So now it's Thursday. Or no, that's also worse. I think she says, Weatherman said it's going to snow. And he's like, and what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> right. What do you want me to do about it? So he's, yeah, I mean, honestly, he's already kind of grumpy and jerky when they're in the car. Yeah. Getting he, there. Like, he's well, already kind of a jerk. I think that's one of the things that people didn't necessarily, Stephen King didn't like. But anyway, yeah. But, um, so then we're on Thursday, and when we just see Wendy and Danny running around in the snow, and Jack staring menacingly out the window at them. Right. And now it's Saturday. Yes. And by, remember, if you remember from folks that watched the devil, uh, um, Lords of Salem, Rob Zombie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he kind of steals that because there were a couple points in the movie, too, where those plates come up where it just lists the day of the week. Oh, which yeah, yeah. I yep. guarantee you Rob Zombie thought, I love The Shining, so I'm, I'm stealing this. Yeah, he, yeah just totally, <laughs> yeah. totally hijacked it. Have to. So Saturday, Jack types. Wendy goes and tries the switchboard, mm-hmm. um, but she can't get a line out. So she tries the shortwave radio, and she tells the Forest Service their phone lines are down. And the guy tells her they should leave the radio on from here on out so, like, they can hear if there's anything going on. How many um, times, by the way, in that scene do they say over 
and oh, you, they say it so many times. And how angry are you at the end? Like, shut up! I don't want to hear this anymore. I mean, it's it's how you. It's I know, but it's just like, it. oh my god! When you watch it, sometimes you're like, I can't stop saying over. Stop it. I, yeah, I, I just maybe that's just me. But that it's a lot of over. It I is, it. and oh then and then it's a little bit of a relief to hear over and out. Yes, <laughs> please like, stop. <laughs> it's over. Ah. Over. <laughs> over. Um, so Danny's riding his tricycle again, and he rounds a corner, and he sees the twins at the end of the hallway. And they say... And I love that sound. There's like a giant gong that sounds, right? It's like the scary, like... Yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's right as they I, show up. I love up. that. And they say, hello, Danny. Yes. Come play with us. Come play with us, Danny. And then he sees flashes of them dead and bloody. And he just like, covers his and face. He, yeah, he covers his <laughs> eyes, and when he opens them, they're gone. Right. And um, come play with us for. Danny tells Tony he's and scared. Ever and and ever. don't Tony reminds him of what Halloran said. Pictures in a book. It's just like pictures in a book. It isn't real. That's right. Yep. Um, I do a pretty good impression. That was of that, good. If I do that say was, so, I cannot. I cannot do Jack, but I can do Tony. <laughs> um, well, you can try Jack later in some parts. No, I can't do Jack. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'll let you do Jack. Okay. So now it's Monday. Danny and Wendy are watching TV, and Danny asks if he can go get his fire engine, but Wendy's like, no, Daddy's asleep. I think they're watching Roadrunner, aren't they? Yes, they're watching the Roadrunner. Yes. They are. Great cartoon. So he says he won't make any noise, and she says okay, and he creeps into their quarters, and Jack is sitting on the bed. And he calls Danny over to him, and he puts him on his lap and asks him if he's having a good time, and Danny says he is, but you can tell he isn't. He just says it. And Danny asks Jack if he loves the hotel. And Jack says he does. And he wishes they could stay there forever and ever and ever. And Danny asks if he if he would ever hurt them. Long pause. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then Jack asks if his mom told him that and says he would never hurt them. That's right. Um, so, you know, of course I would never hurt you. But there's a long, <laughs> drawn-out yeah. pause first. got to think about that one. So now we're on Wednesday, right? So we've been, what, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday. Now it's Wednesday. Danny plays with his trucks, and a ball rolls to him from out of frame, which we never really get what the hell is going on with that. I think it's just leading him to 237, to room 237. Mm -hmm. So he looks up. No one's there. He walks down the hall, and the room to 237 is open. And the key is in the uh, door, right? Yeah, the key's in the door. And so Danny goes in, you know, asking if his mom's in there, but obviously she isn't. She's in the basement, and she hears yelling. She's in the basement doing Jack's job, by the way. Right. (laughs) Of course. Checking on the boiler and everything, right. Of course. What he's supposed to be doing. So she hears yelling, and it's Jack yelling in his sleep. And she runs to him and tells her he had the most terrible nightmare he's he's ever had. Where is he? He's passed out in the great room again at the uh, typewriter, right? Yeah, yeah. He's at the typewriter. And he tells her that he dreamed that he killed her and Danny and cut them up into little pieces. Right. And um, Danny comes in, and uh, Wendy tells him to go play in his room. He ignores her. But his sweater is ripped and his neck is all bruised. And, and Jack thumb, is like right? just staring at them. Yeah, he's sucking yeah. his thumb. And Wendy accuses Jack of doing it. Well, yeah, I mean, of course. What else would you think when there's no one else in the in the building? Yeah. So Jack goes to get a drink. <laughs> Even though they already told them that the ballroom had no alcohol in it, he goes into the ballroom well, and he, he looks behind the bar for alcohol. Remember, he, he goes in there and he kind of just he sits there 
and no one's there and he kind of puts his hands over his face and he just yep. says he'd sell his soul for just a drink for just a drop of something and then he looks up and he see him smile and the camera's facing him so you don't know what he's looking at and then he goes hi lloyd <laughs> hi lloyd and then and there's the bartender lloyd and, and the bar is now fully stocked it sure is and he orders a bottle of bourbon white man's burden lloyd white, white man's, man's burden, burden he tells <laughs> there him, you yeah. go and that's when he that's when i love the connection again we talk about the lodge where i love the line of best be the best damn bartender i know Best damn bartender from Portland, Maine to Portland, right. Oregon. Or, no, it's just, the best <laughs> around here in Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon for that reason, I think is what he says. So I kind of love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Portland, Maine or Portland, Oregon for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so he talks to the bartender. He drinks. Wendy runs into the ballroom and tells Jack there's somebody else in the hotel, a crazy woman who tried to strangle Danny because that's <laughs> what a, Danny has now told her. There's a crazy woman in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she sounds like. That was brilliant. Yeah. Um, So Halloran is at home watching TV, and he has a vision of room 237 in Danny. Can we mention the painting he has above his bed, please, real quick? Uh, We can. (laughs) We can. He has paintings of beautiful naked women. Yes, and I hope over everyone... his bed and on opposite that over the TV. Yes, I hope I hope you viewers have caught that because I just love that scene. Which so is good. apparently like, like a very like. It was typical for that time period, I guess. Ah, uh, yeah, I was I was not around, so I, can't I don't really, know. Yeah, I can't was really speak to it. I was not there, so I don't know. It's, it's what um, everyone's it's what everyone's living room should look like, right? Of course. Yeah. It's his bedroom. It's his bedroom because he's on bedroom. the bed. Yeah. Okay. All so right. he doesn't have it out there in the living room where everyone's just gonna like. Well, we, we never saw his it. living room, so who the heck knows? Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. So he has a vision of room two thirty seven and Danny, and meanwhile Jack goes into the into the well, room into two thirty seven. Yes. And sees a naked woman in the bathtub. Oh man, She's what a scene! This Ugh. sexy woman, and she gets out and she walks towards him, and he comes to her and they embrace, and then he looks in the mirror. Oh. And he's embracing this old, dead, rotted Rotting corpse woman. Yeah, this corpse. Ah, 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 and she and comes <laughs> toward him again, and he leaves the room and closes the door. Can you can you do the laugh of the woman though? Let's see. Can you can no. you do that? Okay. Yeah, I was. I, I gave it a shot. I wasn't very good at it. And can I yeah. point out how we you know just how amazing like the time period was? Look at the carpet in that room. And look at the colors of the tub. Remember those greens and those like pastel colors? And the tiles. And the late 70s, Mm -hmm. early 80s. It's like just like such a time capsule of that time period. Oh, yeah. It's so mid 70s. Oh, it's terrible. It's 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 so mid 70s. It's terrible, but it's great. So meanwhile, Halloran tries to call them at the Overlook, but he can't get through because the phones are down. Um,. And then Jack gets back to their to their quarters where they like stay in the hotel and he tells Wendy that he that he saw nothing right. in room two thirty seven. And so Wendy's like, Well, how did Danny get the bruises on his neck? And he says he thinks Danny did it to himself. So he's he's kind of protecting, I guess, the hotel at this point. I, I would say. Um, and Danny has another vision and he sees a door that says red rum. Right. And the blood in the elevator lobby again. He sees all the blood like whooshing out of the elevators. I, that scene is like that was one of the craziest things of that movie is that. Oh, man. I now I did not find how they did that. And that is so. You cr- know, what? That's, that's a great question is, I mean, I know it's all fake, but how many 
freaking gallons that you need to make of it. I wonder stuff. if, because there's nobody else in the shot, oh I wonder if it Lord. was a smaller model. Yeah, it might have been a model. That's very true. That's a good point. I wonder yeah. if it was a smaller model. And remember, so those of you that want to, go watch the trailer for The Shining, the original trailer. That's the trailer. It's just like a minute of, yeah. of, the, of that shot, of the blood falling out of the elevator. And, and I think... Overcoming the camera. There's, there's nothing, there's no scenes from the movie in it. That's, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that the, it was the MPAA, that they didn't want, like, blood in trailers that were, like, ra- well, no, no ratings that, that anyone could see. <laughs> he told them that it was rusty water, and they ah, believed him. Rusty water, yes, of course, for yeah. the pipes, yes, yes. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. so now Wendy tells Jack she wants to leave, and Jack refuses and storms out. And he walks through the hotel, and he sees these balloons in the hallway. Ah, the gold ballroom, right? <clears throat> yes. Now, before we get there, meanwhile, Halloran has called the Forest Service mm-hmm. and asked them to call the Overlook on the radio. So that's going he, on. Like, love, all that is going on as this is happening. I love when he calls him to the excuse he has, well, I need to go check on them. It turns out the caretakers have turned out to be completely unreliable assholes. <laughs> turned out to be completely unreliable <laughs> assholes. So Jack goes into the ballroom, and there's a party in full swing in oh. the 1920s, guys. Love it. It's, it's a serious it's 1920s, like, the, flapper party. The Roaring Twenties, as they say. Yes. Aren't we in the so, Roaring Twenties now again? I guess we are. We are. How about that? I don't know if I'd call them the Roaring... Maybe the Snoring Twenties. Ooh, I like that. That's a good one. Maybe they could be later on. We still so have, far you know, with nine, the pandemic, it's been pretty... We have nine more years of... of we uh, haven't so. gotten to do much, so it's been mm-hmm. kind of snoozy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jack goes into the ballroom. There's this party in the 1920s. He gets a drink at the bar, and Lloyd tells him his money's no good here. Your money's no good here, Mr. Torrance. Orders from the house. <laughs> That's right. Yep. So it's funny because the first time he tries to pay and he realizes he doesn't have money oh, and Lloyd I... tells him his credit's good. And this time he has money. Right. Isn't that it? How about that? Because remember he was, seems I'm temporarily light. <laughs> yeah. This um, time he has money one and they thing, say your money's no good here. I wanted to mention when that first scene where he's in the bar having the drink with him and they're having that conversation. He tells that story a little bit about how he broke Danny's arm, remember? He's explaining yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And that just kind of like gives you an idea of, you know, how he's been on the wagon and he's sober and it just gives you. Yeah. Worst five months of my life. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are the hosts of the Common Mystics podcast. If you enjoy creepy stories, road trips, haunted locations, history and mysteries, then the Common Mystics podcast is for you. Check out our website at commonmystics.net. Find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to your favorite pods. So um, so a server, he gets up and a server knocks his tray over onto Jack and takes him to the bathroom to clean him up. He knocks this, and, like, yellow drinks all over and him. And on the way to the bathroom, I love when he's telling me, let me, let me get you cleaned up. He says, great. I want to be ready in time for the fish and goose soiree. Fish and goose soiree. <laughs> What do they so, call you around here, Jeevesy old boy, right? Well, so it's interesting because they go into the bathroom, and it's just modern-day red and white bathroom. So, okay, that bathroom, I consider it more of an orange. I guess we can have an argument about that. I really tried for a year. When I redid my bathroom like 10 years ago, I did my research on what is the color of that bathroom. I could never find it, but I got as close as I could, and I painted my bathroom that semi-close enough orange color. Huh, okay. I, I had so, to do it. We'll call, my, it, we'll call it orangey red. 
I, I, it was my homage to The Shining. I painted my bathroom uh, orangey rust, I guess, sort of color. So, guys, if you watch it after you see, after you listen to this, or if you already did watch it, you tell us what color you think it was. And if you want to see a picture of the paint in my bathroom, I'm happy to send it to you. It's not exactly, Ooh, but yes, yeah, send enough. us a picture of your bathroom, please. I think it's close enough. <laughs> so the sir, they go into the bathroom to clean him up, and the server's name is Grady. Delbert Grady, sir. And Jack recognizes the name and asks him if he was the caretaker at one point. Right. And Jack, I don't believe so, sir. I don't believe so. Jack tells Grady what he did, <laughs> and he says, that's strange, sir. I don't have any recollection <laughs> yeah. of that at all. Right. And then he says, I'm sorry to differ with you, sir, but you right. are the caretaker. You've, You've always. always been the caretaker. And then he I should know, he... sir. I've always been here. Yep. And then he tells him how he corrected his daughters. Right? Yes, because J- Grady tells Jack that Danny's trying to bring an outside party into the situation. And Jack right. tells him Danny's a willful boy and that his mother interferes. Yep. And yes, Grady tells Jack that he corrected. You got to corre- have the role. I can't do the role. Cor- corrected. I, corrected. And then he says his I can't wife do it. does. His daughters I, and wife. I corrected them. Yeah, I can't says. do it. You got to roll your R's. Come on. Don't you speak Spanish? Corrected. No, I took French. Oh, oh no rolling R's in French then, I guess. I can't do it. I give up. We'll, we'll have a language Wait, lesson do it another again. time. Uh, corrected. <laughs> I love ah, it. There I you love go. it. That's it. Okay, so in this scene, um, actually, in this, in this bathroom scene, Kubrick breaks the 180-degree rule of filmmaking, which is does. that the camera should never cross more than 180 side. degrees between right. shots Look so that, that you up. keep it's a very each actor technique. on the same side of the frame, yep. right? So that yep. one actor will always be on the left side of the frame and one actor will always be on the right mm-hmm. side of the frame. But he breaks this rule, and from what I read, the theory is that this was to indicate that Jack is becoming more like Grady. You can break the rules if you know what you're doing and if you do it for a reason. That's right. Yeah, if you do it for a, for a good reason. That's right. So, meanwhile, Wendy is planning an escape from the hotel, and she hears Danny yelling, Red rum! Red, Red rum! In Red Tony's rum! voice. Red rum! <laughs> and she goes to him and he says... Danny's not here, Mrs. Torres. He's gone completely like Tony. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's he's, com- he's, he's gone. all Tony all the time right now. Um, and then Jack hears the forest rangers calling because Halloran told them to on the radio, and he goes and he removes pieces from it so it won't he work. He pulls a couple of fuses out of the thing and he just sits there and pops them in his hand. I love it. So he's guys, great. we're getting close. We're getting close because now, now, the titling says eight a.m. We're so close. <laughs> So Halloran is on a plane heading into Colorado from his home in California, his home in Florida, excuse me. Um, and he calls a mechanic friend to see if he can get a snowcat so he can get through the snowblock roads oh, to the airport. Man. And you see him driving down that, that, that like 18 wheelers fall out, tipped over like it's a terrible snowstorm. Yeah, yeah, it's a really bad snowstorm. Yeah. And he's driving through it. He's crazy to be driving. It. Um, and Wendy sits with Danny watching cartoons. She tells him she's going to talk with Dad for a few minutes, and he's he's still doing the Tony thing. Okay, Mrs. Torrance. He's he's gone. Yeah. Wendy goes into the great room where Jack is writing with a baseball bat, but he isn't there. And she looks at his writing, and he has pages and pages. I mean, hundreds of pages of it. Yeah. And every single page says, "You want to say it?" No, go ahead. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, and every page is filled with it. Or in the Simpsons episode, all work and no beer and no TV makes Homer something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do. (laughs) Don't mind if I do. (laughs) 
Yeah, just, yeah. So, it all kinds of different columns and different uh, indents and paragraphs. Yeah, oh it's like God. some of it's written like a screenplay. Some of it's Hundreds written like a book, like paragraphs. Some of it's just like straight up. And she's so, like tearing through these pages. And she's getting like more crazy every second as she's going through them. So Kubrick's secretary did all of that. Oh, my God. Apparently, she spent weeks or maybe even months trying to just typing out all that? those pages. You and you know they needed extra copies too, right? Because of she's got to be messing them up as she's like rifling through of them. Of course, of course. And how many takes do they do? I, you I know, mean, I, ne- I never even thought about that. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, somebody yeah. had to type that. That's nuts. And they couldn't just take a computer and be like, no. type it and like no. copy paste either. Yeah. Somebody typed really that out thing. on a typewriter to make it look right. That's crazy. I just never even thought of it. Yeah. So now she's she's flipping through all the pages, and Jack shows up, and she's really scared. Well, it never she because he walks in, and he just and all you hear him is you hear him say, "How do you like it?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she just goes, <laughs> she screams like, "Oh my god!" She screams. And, How do you like it? And she yells at her, and she cries, and she's he backs her up the stairs in the great room. She's backing up the stairs <laughs> think, with this. I think Daddy needs to see a doctor. You, you think maybe Daddy needs to see a doctor? She's just <laughs> with the with the bat. She's give like the bat, swinging Wendy. it at him like a baby. Give me the, give me the bat, Wendy. Give me and the of bat. course, then he says, "Wendy, darling, I'm gonna have you do it. Do it." Okay. Well, it's actually you know what I'm wearing my. Timberline shining shirt, but I have another one that has that line on it, and it says, "Wendy, darling, light of my life." <laughs> it says, um, "What does he say? What does he say after that?" I'm, I'm blanking on it though. I'm not gonna hurt you. Yeah, that's right. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna give me the bat. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains, and I'm just gonna bash him right the f in. He says to her, <laughs> and I have that shot and of him she- on my shirt, and it has that written on the front of it. Yeah, so good. And she yeah, finally great. whacks him with the bat, and he falls down the stairs. All the and way she down. drags him into the pantry, the big walk-in pantry, and locks the door. And then she grabs a knife. And, and he Jack's almost like he almost wakes up and that and almost gets out in that. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's yelling her to let him out. Uh, and um, and she says she's leaving, and he tells her she's not going anywhere. He says, yeah. He says, oh, you'll see. Go, go check out the radio in the snow cat. Go check it out. And that's that shot where the camera is below him and he's pounding on the door. That is such a bizarre like headache inducing camera angle i've never seen anything like it yeah yeah it's it's crazy and so there's, there's so a picture she goes, somewhere of of, of, Ku- of kubrick laying there with the lens he's picking and jack ooh. doing that somewhere i've seen it online somewhere it's crazy oh that's looking. so cool yes um so yeah so she goes to see the snow cat and it has been sabotaged he's told and her for, the truth for those of you that know your car out there you'll notice that what he did was he he cut all the wires from the rotor um from the distributor cap where the spark plugs go. So basically, okay. so that would basically, that, that pretty much ruins a car because you have no spark plug connection to the rest of the engine. So yeah, he did a good job of ruining the car. That's a pretty good way to ruin a, to ruin a, an engine. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's unusable in yeah. any way, shape or form. Yes. So in these scenes though, right. You, I mean, you can tell Shelley Duvall is extremely shaken and scared and upset. And this is where I, so many people we've all heard this right if we if we know anything about this movie what we know is that Kubrick screwed yeah. with yeah. her Nicole so Kidman, much I think that it Eyes actually affected too. her health oh yeah yeah That's like what I'm she saying. was sick she was yeah get like the best not just her mental health it affected her physical health he's he, he's almost like he's almost like a coach like in football or some sport 
that just drives the uh, the player crazy gets gets the best out of them but screws them up because of it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so now we're at 4 p.m. Ooh. Jack is still in the pantry, and Grady shows up and berates him for not taking care of the situation they discussed, That's and then right. lets him out. Dude, what the? F- a ghost just let him out. Well, remember in the Simpsons one, all the remember it's it's uh, Mo and like um, a mummy and like a vampire that let, that let him out. Remember at the end okay. of that scene. I yeah, instead that. of a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Me and the other ghouls were thinking, Homer, you're not doing your job. Yeah. <laughs> so Halloran's on his way up the mountain in the snow caddy borrowed, and Tony is still possessing Danny. Yep. And he goes in the bedroom, and he, Wendy's asleep. He takes her knife, and he um, red takes, and then he gets um, red rum. lipstick. He gets red lipstick, and he writes red rum on the door across from the mirror. And he's, yeah, the whole time he's saying red rum. Red rum! It's getting louder and louder and louder. Red rum! (laughs) And Wendy wakes up and she sees in the mirror that red rum in the mirror spells murder. Murder! So I have a sweatshirt that I bought that um, has the twins on the back. Mm -hmm. And on the front, it's a zip-up. And when you zip it up, you close and it says red rum. I cannot tell you how many people I wear that. And they look at me or they ask me, what is that? Oh, that's sad. And I'm just like... It's I just at that point I realized they don't know so I just say it's from a movie, um it's just from a scene. From I mean a movie, it's I a pretty you. old movie now. A lot of young people right. probably haven't seen it. Well, it's it's various people. It's different ages of people that ask me, but I just tell them that it's from a movie. I don't sad. really go into Very the whole explanation. Sad. But I love the sweatshirt. Very sad, but some that people, is a cool sweatshirt. Some people know it and they're like, "That's awesome! I love that sweatshirt." <laughs> Those are your people yeah, right there. Right. Those are our people. That's right. Or, so, or, or they or they just see the back from behind me and they walk in front of me and they say and they say they love it because you can see the front or the back and you and you get the idea of what the of what it is. So yeah. So is it is it reversed on one and not reversed no, on the other? No, 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 no. So it's, it's just red rum on the front and the back has the uh, the, the the twins. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, um, so Jack is hacking on their door now to their quarters uh, with an axe, and Wendy gets Danny into the bathroom, and she opens the little tiny window. Oh in there. Oh my god, that makes me so. I have like terrible claustrophobia, and I would, just, uh, would be terrified of getting stuck in that window. Oh my well, god. Well, so then you go from oh. that to she gets Danny out, and then Danny's out in the middle of the snowstorm. He goes slides all the way down. That's crazy. And right? she can't get out herself, so no, she just like run, Danny, run, run. And she's Jack to, like, is at the bathroom at the door. Time. Yeah, she's like run, run. run. And Jack's the bathroom door, and he hacks his way through, and he does little another pigs. famous line. Well, no, first, it's little pigs, little pigs. Okay, there you go. Let me come in. <laughs> That's that first. And then he does. So, okay. then his face through the door. He breaks through, and he finally does. Here's Johnny. So, let yes. me ask you this question. Not just horror. Is that one of the top ten most famous movie lines of all time? Probably. Okay. Or close to it. Okay, top yeah. 25, top 25. I would sure. say it's got to be. Okay, I think it might be top 10. Look that up, um, movie quotes. Let's see, and we'll see what, um, I would so, say definitely top 25. So here's another little tidbit. The props department built a door that could be easily broken through for this scene. Because sure, it's really hard to break through a real door. Yeah. But Nick is Nicholson had been a volunteer fire marshal. I think I heard this, yes. So he tore through it too quickly, and they right. had to make a stronger door. Right, right, okay. So that it would be a little harder for him to to yep. get through it, because right. he, he, he 
had to get through a real door depends, before. It depends what kind of wood it is, too. If you have a really good axe and you have a crappy door, you can bust through it pretty quick. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. But so Halloran gets to the hotel, and Jack and Wendy hear the snowcat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and oh, oh although, although most of the scenes shot outside the hotel were shot on a set— Th- that scene of Halloran arriving in the in was shot in real snow approaching the Timberline Hotel. So that was actually that. the Timberline Hotel oh, yeah. when he's approaching. So remember also when he busts in the here's Johnny, remember he goes in the bathroom and tries to get Wendy and that um and then of course she has that knife. So he puts his hand through the door that he's broken through and she cuts him on the hand. Oh yeah, she cuts then, him on the hand. And then he, he runs off. Right. That's right, that's right. He runs yeah. off. Yeah. And um so yeah, so they both hear the snow cat where they are and Um, Danny hides in the kitchen cabinet because the kitchen's like huge. It's the hotel kitchen. And um, Jack hears Halloran calling out in the lobby and he just jumps out and (laughs) axes him in the chest. That is a scare. That'll make you jump if you're not ready for that. That'll get you. So it's such a shock. Nobody's been killed at this point. And it's it, it's it's violent. And we've only had minor injuries so far. Like yeah, it's it's pretty it's, violent. It's surprising. And, then, and I love it too because when he gets him with the axe, you see his face, and then you see Danny react because Danny has that connection with him, and he knows that he's yep. that he's dead now. Yep. And Danny so he, he kind of feels like, it. Screams yeah. and Jack hears it, so yep. he goes off to find him, and Danny gets and out I, of the cabinet and I runs away. I love that shot after he after he kills him. The shot is just looking down the hallway of the hotel and it's out of focus but then Mm -hmm. a second later jack slowly rises into the frame and he just looks like twisted he looks so demented oh yeah oh yeah he looks so scary i love that composition it's so great he looks so scary right so now wendy's running through the hotel she sees a room with a man in a bear suit giving another man oral sex my only uh, line for that is uh, i remember eli roth once my one of my idols uh Discussing The Shining, one of these shows I watched about horror movies one mm-hmm. time, and all he said, and I'll sum it up well, he said, there's a scene with a guy in a tuxedo and a bear suit, and something's going on, you don't know what it is, but it can't be good. And that just, right, that's, all I'm say about, good. that's all I'm going to say about that scene, because I don't it's, understand it's it. It's not good. And <laughs> she sees that, she sees a bunch of skeletons, she sees some other scary <laughs> stuff. And the one guy with the bleeding head in the glass, and he looks up and says, great party, isn't it? Yes, great party. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, and Danny runs into the hedge maze. And Jack goes in after him, and he backtracks uh, to confuse Jack. I'm books coming, it out of there. I'm coming, Dan. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he, so Danny does this like smart thing where he backtracks and, and he hides jumps, in another covers corner. Covers up all his tracks. And Jack yep. goes past him, and he like books it out. Yep. And Wendy makes it to the snowcat, and she sees Danny heading out of the maze, and so they get in the snowcat, and they just leave Jack behind. And he's just uh, he, uh, yelling and screaming in the maze. And, and he collapses in the maze and freezes to death. And that shot. And when he then. Wakes, <laughs> oh, wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. No. No, I want you to finish. So then in the hotel, we dolly into a picture of oh, a party okay. at the hotel. Sorry, yeah, you're coming in you. first, right? Because I was going to say that shot. You see him laying there at night. And then it's just that quick instant cut to him the next morning. And he's literally frozen to frozen. death. Frozen. That, pic- that yeah. shot is like scary. Yeah, he that is, is scary. like icicles off his eyelid, eye he is, chat, he, eye, he looks like eyelashes and stuff. Those bodies that climbers find on Everest because the the climber oh, just yeah. dies there. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh my He's, god. Yeah, it's crazy. Scary. Um. So in the hotel, we dolly in slowly to a picture of a party at the hotel in 1921, and Jack is July right 4th. By the way, that's right. It's a July 4th party. Not July 4th, so, 19, uh, 1921. Is that the 1921? Date? Yeah. Right. So the photo used, by the way, 
was actually a photo from the 1920s, and they just airbrushed Nicholson's head on top of another man's body. That must have been hard to do 40 years ago instead with, with no Photoshop, I would imagine. Yeah. So here's another thing. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? D-Y-K. That when it was first released, the film had an alternate ending. Uh, yeah, I think I heard Kubrick mention this. I don't know that I've ever seen it, though, but I think so. So after the shot of Jack's body, the film dissolved to a scene of policemen outside the hotel, and then it cut to a scene in the hospital where Wendy was in a bed and okay. Danny's playing in a waiting room, and Ullman arrives and tells her that they've been unable to locate her husband's body anywhere on the property. And on his way out, Ullman gives Danny a ball, and it's the same one that rolled into the hallway earlier in the film before okay. he was attacked in room 233 and Al- Alman just laughs and walks away and the film dissolves and it moves through the corridors towards the photo mm-hmm. okay then we go into the photo so he had but Stanley Kubrick had the scene removed a week after the film was released he didn't like it he decided and I've never seen I've never seen that can you can is that available or is that like just gone I don't know no, that it's I available I, I just heard so. that it exi- yeah. that that's what it was I, I've never heard of anyone talk about it, it being available um, so. and then another thing that I think most people have heard is that Kubrick wanted to shoot the movie in order mm, yeah which is which for those of you who don't know that's very unusual usually you shoot like you go to a a set and you shoot everything at that set. Then you go to the next set, you shoot everything at that set. Or or if somebody has short hair and then long hair, you shoot everything with long hair and not then really... cut their hair and shoot everything with the short hair, whatever. Yeah. But he decided to do it all in order. So they had to have all the sets built at once and use every yeah. sound stage in the Ells Tree Studios in yeah. England. Yeah. And because of this, they got way behind schedule. Oh, yeah. And they took so long to make his, it. His movies that all take years. They take years to make Three other movies yeah. had to wait until the sound stages, the shining shot on, were available. Yeah. You want to know what movies those were? Let's see. Okay, so we're talking about 1979-ish. Okay. Um, I, you know what I have? No, it's like 1976-ish, I think. Isn't oh, did it? They shoot it earlier? Well, it, it came out in 1980. So, okay, maybe 77. Okay, oh, maybe, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it is 79. I have so, no idea, though, what they were. There was Warren Beatty's historical epics, Reds, okay. which I don't know. I don't know that either. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh, good movie. And Star Wars, The Empire Strikes oh, Back. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Two pretty good movies to unfortunately have to delay, I guess. Yep. Huh? Well, yep. that's Kubrick. Yeah. I mean, he took the dude took forever. He took forever. Yeah. So what else? Let me see. Um, almost every shot in the film had the color red in it. Sounds accurate. And then apparently the color yellow becomes more and more prominent as Jack becomes more insane. I didn't notice that one as much, so I'll have to notice it the next time I watch it. Um, and lighting-wise, it's almost oh, entirely lit with practical lighting. So I, I will say one thing about, which is one of my favorite parts about the movie, is with those scenes in, in, in that great room, you can really feel like the winter cold because you know winter hard afternoon winter light has a feel to it i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. think that way i always feel that it has a feel yeah. it's really harsh hard light and they put up giant giant cranes with mm-hmm. um daylight cold blue temperatures and they blasted them through these windows to get yeah. that light and yeah. i think to me that is so awesome that they, they did had that. them i oh, saw man. a picture of it they were like on a wall yes they're like giant they could, platforms and yeah light. and they could actually like adjust yes. them yep. with like a lever yep um to get yeah. the right angle of it's light it's insane yeah it's crazy that, oh. that to me that to me is one of the best parts cuz you 
you you actually feel like you're there and you feel like it's cold. Like and you, you really actually... feel like it's outdoor light yes. coming in. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. So I have nice. to tell you, I forgot. I mentioned the second special effect that there were two of them. Oh, right, right. And I told you the first one, which was for the, the maze. The maze, yeah. The hedge maze. The second effect, get this. Okay. So in one of the shots where we're looking down at the from the balcony yeah. at Jack on his typewriter in the great room. Okay. The cinematographer, John Alcott, he wanted like a nice glowing lit fireplace, but he didn't want to reduce the lighting on set. He wanted it to be like full daylighting. So they shot the scene once without the fire burning, went all the way through. Then they re-round in camera oh, love it. and like, like shot Dracula. just the fire lit with all the other lights out over it. So, so like it was an in-camera talk- effect. Kind of like what we talked about in Dracula, all the cool in-camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah oh, so it's an in-camera not... effect. Well, you just taught me something. I had never heard that. That's fantastic. Well, there you go. That is very cool. There you go. Wow. Um, oh, oh, I have another fun one. Outtakes of the shots of the Volkswagen Beetle traveling towards the Overlook Hotel at the start of the film. They were later used by Ridley Scott really? when, he, when Warner Brothers made him add a happy ending to Blade okay. Runner. Okay. And you know how there was like that happy ending where they like, um, where they drive off together at the end. Uh huh. So that was using leftover okay. footage from this. Stanley Kubrick was a okay. fan of of um, Alien, and so he told Ridley Scott, okay. "Sure, you can, you can have it Here as long as you only use shots that weren't used in The Shining. Just right. go ahead and take it." Okay. So shots from The Shining are also in the Blade happy Run. ending and version Blade. of okay. Blade Runner. All right, that's very cool. That's that's excellent trivia. Yeah. Wow. You came you came you came strong. Oh, and another Blade Runner, another Blade Runner like connection. Okay. Joe Turkle who played Lloyd the bartender. Okay. Also played Dr. Eldon Terrell in Blade Runner. Is he the one that says um what's the what's the line? One of the big famous lines in the movie? Yeah, that's right. It is him. I'm trying to remember some line he said from it. I though. don't know which line you're talking about. I'm blanking. Well, because like all right, so Rob Zombie's like favorite um, movie I think is like Blade Runner, and oh, that's why I mean, well, more human than human. The great song by White Zombie is is yeah. about uh, Blade Runner basically, right? Um, so there was some line I was I don't I mean I'm just I'm 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 off topic here, but whatever. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it was some line, but he had a lot of good lines. So yeah, it, it, I remember him from the movie though. Yeah, yeah, I do. So yeah, he played Doctor Terrell. So he was in right. both movies, and then that footage of the Volkswagen Beetle was in both movies. Okay. And I know you had some things to say about oh, the I mean, uh, the movie versus the book. All right. I mean, I, there's I have a million things to say about this movie. I mean, this movie is one of my favorite movies ever of, 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 it's of all time. Such a good movie. Oh my god, I love I don't this even, movie. Like, I'm just trying to think of like where I start. Um, well, so why don't I start you off, and then and then hopefully yeah. this will kick you in. So yeah. Stephen King was not happy with the film. This is correct. He didn't like it. No. He thought it was all surface and no substance. Or right. apparently his quote was. It's like a great, big, beautiful Cadillac with no motor inside. You can sit in it, and you can enjoy the smell of the leather upholstery. The right. only thing you can't do is drive it anywhere. Okay. So I will I will disagree and agree with him on this. Where, okay, if you haven't read the book, I'm not going to – I say this all the time. I'm not, not going to ruin we, – we, we spoil the movie here, or I'm not going to spoil the book for you either. Sure. I think the book is great. You should read it. It's it's very different. The ending it's is different. different. Yeah, I've read the book. Stephen King's stuff is always about, like, families getting messed up and alcoholics and, you know, it always has those things in there. 
the big story in that movie, in that book is Jack is a drunk, and that's the whole thing, and that's a lot of what goes on, father son thing. Um, it's very different. It's very very different, and I and I totally understand why Stephen King does not like it. I get it. Yeah. Um, I saw the movie before I read the book. I was a kid, and so Me my too. my story I for that is, I always have. I seem to always have a good story of how I see these movies. So I must have been like eleven or twelve years old, right? And I'm up late, and I'm watching some random movie on TV. And the, the first scene I see of this movie is this woman looking over a bunch of paper that just says, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy over and over and over again. And I watch this scene, and then it goes to commercial. I'm watching, I'm watching the, the, the ABC late-night movie. And I'm like, oh, I don't God. know what this was, but it's so awesome. So here, I'm, I'm going to date myself here. This is before you had a guide to look at. So you had to like get the newspaper out to find out mm-hmm, what was in it. Mm-hmm. So I had to read the newspaper from the day before, and I got up the next morning. And I saw it was a movie called The Shining. And I thought, man, I got to see this movie. Okay, since then, I've probably seen, I'm not even kidding. I've probably seen it a hundred times. I'm not even joking. I used to rent it. it. I used to rent it on a weekend. I'd watch it three times in a weekend. Um, I'd watch it just over it. It's hypnotic. Like, I can't stop watching it, right? Um, And now what I do, my big thing is, um, and if I know a snowstorm is coming, a blizzard's coming, I wait for that snow to start, and I put that joint in the in the in the DVD, or I or I, or I grab it on on demand, and I watch it. And I have to watch it that way. So yeah. Anyway, the book and the movie are very different. Um, I like them. I love them both, but they are different. Yeah, so I like Stephen, them both too. I thought they were both absolutely. good in very different ways. Absolutely. So Stephen King decides he's going to go and do a mini series on ABC. Oh yeah. More faithful to the novel. I'm not going to blame him for this. That mini series is a disaster. I'm not going to blame him. Um, but it's a mess. In the final cut that aired on television, there are multiple shots of the boom pole operator in the final cut. Of, of so yes, bad. I'm not so lying bad. to you. The acting is horrendous, and it has Rebecca De Mornay and um, who was the guy? Weber, Stephen Weber, whatever I guess. I don't know. It's got some good actors, but it's 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 awful. I mean. Why would you put something with that content on a network where you can't have any violence? I mean, I don't really understand that. So, so, so what we're saying is watch the movie, read the book. You don't got to watch the miniseries. Well, don't worry because you know what? I don't think you can even find it anywhere anymore. I, 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 don't, I don't even think it exists. You, you might be able to find a DVD on Amazon of it at this point, but it, it's, it's, it's nowhere to be found. So, yeah, forget that. Um, and one thing I think I always loved was – I always thought how amazing it would be to have a hotel to yourself, right? Wouldn't that be crazy? So yeah. when I first, so I, I had a job in a hotel 15 some odd years ago, and I worked like a two to 10 shift, and sometimes even later. Yep. So I did too. I had so many nights where I had basically a hotel to myself, and it was so cool to actually like be like in The Shining. I'd walk around the uh. floors and stuff. Nobody. Sometimes at midnight I'd be there. Nobody's. There. I it's never so, had the hotel to myself. It's but. so quiet, and I, every time all I could think about was the movie, and I'd be like, "This is so cool that I'm actually getting to do this." Um, if you like, okay. So how about all the um, little things that are in the movie? Okay, you mentioned the Native American stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone believes this movie is about some other things. Okay, I, I don't know how I feel. Okay, they talk about Kubrick faking the moon landing. You've heard that, right? Danny's sweater with the NASA stuff on it. Um, Tang you see in different places, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, you yeah, talking about the Native American stuff. 
I don't buy any of that stuff personally. I think it's just crazy. But if you like that, watch a documentary called Room, Room 237. I watched the whole thing, but it lost me 20 minutes into it. Because I don't really do conspiracy theories anyway. Yeah. This this was off the this was off the charts for me. I, I they lost me. I, I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> I watched it. And if you like that stuff and you believe all the conspiracy stuff behind this movie, you need to watch this documentary. I haven't watched it. I might have to watch it just to see the craziness that they like propose. It it, it is nuts. There are like drawings and diagrams of things and just just it, total insanity in my opinion. In in my opinion. I mean, if if you wanna get into it, be 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 my guest. Um <laughs> Yeah, so The Simpsons, The Treehouse of Terror, the, shine, the Shinning episode. The Shinning. Is freaking hilarious. That is one of the best And episode- Simpsons has got to be oh, on Netflix, man. right? So I'm sure you could watch that episode. And if you don't, you have Netflix on, on FX. It's on all the damn time. You'll probably catch it at some point during a week anyway. There you go. Um, it is one of the best ones. It is so freaking hilarious. I love that one. Yeah, I mean, this movie, the, the, the cultural, you know... Uh, impact that it has on you know just society overall you know it, it's quoted so many times like i mentioned you know the here's johnny is one of the great lines in movie history um i just think it's such an amazing movie it's fantastic i can't you know love it enough it's one of my favorite directors and then uh i have Agree. read i have read i read dr sleep the sequel to the shining and then i watched the movie i haven't and read if, that yet so the book is great and if you love the shining and the atmosphere you have got to watch Dr. Sleep. It is like a love letter to The Shining. And if you love that really? stuff, you will just I love I tried it. it, and I could not get into it. I'll have to try it again. you got to hang in there till the end of it, and you will, you will get rewarded. I, I watched, like, opinion. I want to say the first, like, 10 or 15 minutes, and I was like, oh, oh no, 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 I no, do no. not You've... like this. Read the book first. Read okay. The book first. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you're out there and you haven't read it, please read the book. Please read both books. You'll see the differences. I mean, yeah, the movie's incredible. It's on. It's it's a staple, you know, on mm-hmm. any channel at Halloween. IFC plays it all the time. Like I said, I can ramble on and on and on and on. I'm not going to bother. But I think I went over everything that I wanted to talk about with that movie because, yeah, it's got a very special place in my heart. I really, I really love. Yeah, that it's movie. it's a fantastic movie, guys. Like we said, if you are listening to this and you haven't seen it, I don't care if you think you've heard everything from us. You haven't. Go watch it. Just go watch it's, it. It's so. I think good. you mentioned too. It's one of those. It's one of those films that even if you don't like scary, I think you, people like it. Yes, it's a classic. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, it really I mean, is. I, I have. I, I have uh, a friend of mine. Maybe it was one of my sisters. She had never seen it, and she was scared to watch it. But I told her, and we watched it with a bunch of people, and she liked it. Um, it's just kind of one of those movies that's just yeah. kind of yeah. It, it's not really scary, scary, but. Um, and I just wonder if someone else had done it, would it have been the same? Probably not. Would Stephen King have been more pleased with it? Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. As, yeah. As far would, as the adaptations. It would be a whole different thing, I think. As far as the adaptations of his books go, this is not very faithful, I suppose you could say, because of the differences, but and it follows a basic storyline. But um, probably one of the best. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's a point to argue, though, because Even it's, though it's not really faithful. Right, because it's very different in a lot of ways. Um so yeah, no, I think it's amazing. I really love it. This is yeah, this is one of the greats, I think for sure. Okay, so what do we have up next? We are doing audio in horror movies, guys. We're going for a slightly Ooh. different format yes. with guest Bill Vaughn, who mm. is an audio guy. He's an um, audio engineer. He'll be yeah, he's an this, audio yes. engineer, so he knows all about this stuff, and we will be talking about the audio in horror movies. 
um, which I'm really excited about. And um, I'm, I'm going to tease this. I have a little game for you two to play. Oh, my. Okay. Oh, what, what is this? Are you, are, you, are you quoting Saw now, or are you actually being serious? <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm actually, I, 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 I got the idea from our, friends, from our friends Laughing with Gingers, because they, okay. play, they play trivia games all the time. All so right. I'm going to quiz you guys. Is this going to be like horror-related trivia, or is it just random trivia? I'm not going to tell you, because oh, I don't want you to study. Yeah, you're not going to tell me. I don't want okay. you to study. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm ready. I mean, I'm excited. But guys, tune in. Tune in to see Matt and Bill compete with my with I'm my ready. devious I, I can guarantee trivia he'll be quiz. I can guarantee he'll be excited for that. I think he might win. We'll see. Okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I don't care who wins. I just want to have fun doing that. That's all right. So, everybody, um, please remember you can subscribe, follow the podcast on I think pretty much any podcast platform. Um, Anywhere. Rate and review us, iTunes, wherever the heck you're listening, so that more people can find us. And don't forget to send us your movie suggestions. Like today, we did a movie suggestion from Janet. So if you guys remember to send us your movie suggestions, we will say your name on air and we Yay. will do your movie. We will talk about yes. it for you. So We'd don't forget to, to do that. Um, and you can send your thoughts on the movies we watched so far, whether you think The Bathroom in The Shining is red or orange. Oh, yes, yes. You can send that to us at thescarymovieproject at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Scary Movie Project. Peace out. Good night, Canada. The Scary Movie Project podcast is produced by Tara Garwood and Matt Lulich. Learn more at thescarymovieproject.com. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.